Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Thank you for tuning into the show today. I'm Andy Griffin. It's 909 on KDX, who never fails to make my guests smile when I play the Andy Griffin theme song. With me today is Richard Williams, a doctor. Are you a doctor? You're a doctor, yes. right? Yeah, Dr. Richard Williams. Uh, friends call him Biff, right? And uh, good to see you, Biff. And uh, Devin pokes his hi, Devin. Uh, well, you know what? We got a lot to talk about on the show. Uh, let me let me just start by saying this: we are not going to take phone calls today. But if you have a question for uh, President Williams, uh, the president of Dixie State University, please email me a griffin at cherrycreekmedia dot com. We will uh, look at your questions. We'll get those on the air as well. But we just thought uh, with uh, a lot of, uh, what's the word, a lot of emotion being high right now uh, that we thought, well, let's let's temper it down a little bit. Uh, but uh, thanks again for coming on the show today. Sure good to see you. Thanks for having me. We have, I, I had the opportunity uh, when I was sports editor at, at another publication to cover your daughter, Ellie, who was uh, quite the track athlete. She is. She's actually going to be on Dixie State's track team this year. She Finished up at Southern Utah and has two more years of eligibility, so we're excited to have her there. Very cool. Welcome back, Allie. Um, she, uh, I, I, I remember the very first time I interviewed her, she had finished first or second in uh, one of the one of the throwing events, and I said, "Man, where where do you get your athleticism from?" She says, "Oh, it's from my dad." <laughs> so I well, guess truth you were, be told you, it's from her mom. <laughs> is that, I guess you were a pretty good athlete back in the day, though, right? Well, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I was involved in athletics my whole life. My uh, Both my dad and mom were coaches, and so we've grown up in sports and just absolutely loved it. You know, there's and, and I'll, I will put again my endorsement in for, uh, for sports. I was an athlete as well. Uh, I have covered athletics my entire career, and um, it used to be, I remember in high school, oh, the dumb jock, you know, they, 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 these are the guys that don't study and they don't try and, and you know, they're, their, their girlfriends do their homework for them, whatever. You know, that was the stereotype. And uh, anymore, you look at the best athletes at, at any high school, at any uh, – and, and I'm not going to, like, generalize everyone is this way, but generally speaking, the athletes, the good athletes, are the good students as well. They are. We see that at our Dixie State as well. And we are recruiting our athletes. They're, they're great students, and that's what makes sports so exciting. You've got great people, great students, great athletes. Our athletes this, this last semester had a 3.5 average GPA, wow. which is unheard of. Phenomenal. So you're absolutely right. They're, they're student athletes. Okay, so uh, let's do this. A lot to talk about on the program today with President Williams. Can I call you Biff? Is yes, that okay? please. Yeah, I'm Biff and Andy, not President Williams <laughs> and Mr. Griffin. Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, let's talk, first of all, background uh, from you. Uh, tell us uh, where, you, where you were raised, uh, how you ended up uh, being, you know, following your career track that you're on. Sure. Well, I was uh, born in Oregon, but my parents moved to Brigham City, Utah when I was uh, okay. four. My dad was a high school counselor at Box Elder High School. I was going to say, were you a, a B, a Box Elder B? I was a Box Elder B, right. class of 1989. Nice. <laughs> Seems so long ago. <laughs> but uh, I grew up mostly in Brigham City. Um, uh, when I was a junior, we moved over to Logan area, but I still commuted over Sardine Canyon and, and oh, you, Box Elder. You, oh, yeah. good for you. Good for you. Uh, from Box Elder, I uh, went up to Rick's Junior College, played football, and was on the track team there, then served an LDS mission to Brazil. Came home and uh, went to Weber State, where um, I kind of abandoned the athletic part, but I didn't because I went into athletic training as a career, and, oh, okay. and that's where I majored. and. Ended up at Indiana State for a master's degree in athletic training, and then uh, the, are they the Sycamores? They are the Sycamores. Yeah, the home yeah. of Larry Bird. That's so right. That's, that's, that's right. What, 
Everybody knows him by. Uh, then I went to El Paso, Texas, where I was a certified athletic trainer for El Paso High School. I uh, also was a kindergarten PE teacher. A lot of people don't know that. No and kidding. Taught K through four PE in the morning, and then I was the athletic trainer at the high school in the afternoon. What was what was the time? What, what year was that about? Uh, let's see, nineteen ninety. What was that? Let's see, ninety four to ninety eight. Awesome. So, awesome. And just, PE to the little kids. Yeah, huh? and it was you know. I sometimes wonder. I was going to, to work with T-shirt and shorts and uh-huh. loving and playing all day, and now I have a tie-on. <laughs> <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> but I, I got a doctoral degree at night at New Mexico State, a uh, neighboring city next to El Paso there. And then my first academic job was at the University of Northern Iowa. I was there for 10 years and had a variety of jobs where I started the athletic training programs, bachelor's, master's, doctoral degree, and then uh, – Moved up to an associate dean, then jumped over back to my alma mater, Indiana State, and was the founding dean of Nursing Health and Human Services. And wow. Ended up being a vice president there, and then I heard about the job here at Dixie State and all the tremendous growth and excitement, and uh, I actually learned of the job by um, taking cookies over for my wife to somebody who just had a baby, and her mother was from St. George. She said, you need to apply here. <laughs> Really? That's how I learned about huh. the job. So Good thing you delivered those cookies. Oh, I'll huh? tell you, my, my, <laughs> my wife has a lot of wisdom, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, we, 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 we tend to marry up. That's, yeah, oh, that's, I that's definitely did. <laughs> we have a beautiful daughter. I'm guessing she looks like her mother, too. She absolutely so, does. <laughs> um, all right, so you end up uh, applying for the job here at Dixie State. This was, what, nine years ago? Uh, uh, seven, in 2014. Oh, so, so six, six, seven years yeah, ago. Okay. Year. Uh, did you feel like you had a shot at it? I mean, the president of the university is a pretty big deal. It was. I was uh, vice president and provost at Dixie State, so the, the next natural move was. But uh, I was really uh, intent on in staying at uh, Indiana State and seeing if I could become the president there. I just absolutely loved the Midwest, loved Indiana State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but truth be told, when this job came open, I really wasn't looking. But as I looked at um, the opportunity to grow a university, be from on the ground floor, to, it had just become a university and to be able to come right. and create a strategic plan. And it just was very intriguing. My, my whole career, I've been, um, you know, blessed to be able to build programs. So at Northern Iowa, I built the three athletic training program from the ground up at uh, Indiana State. I was the founding dean of health sciences. We built 22 programs there. So seeing Dixie State and what it could become, I just, you know, I didn't know if I had a shot, but I put it in. I knew I had the background. I had, uh, you know, the administrative experience and the building experience. So gave it a shot and it worked out. Here you are, you yeah. Know, uh, six or seven years later, uh, that I guess that scares me a little bit because if you like to build programs, once you get done at Dixie State, does that mean you're looking for somewhere else to build? Well, I think I could be built for fifty years here. There's <laughs> just true. so much potential here. It's just fantastic. <laughs> great community, great university. It's just fun to be here. How many people? How many employees? Full time employees are there at Dixie State University uh, right we're now? Well over three thousand now. I believe three thousand, and you're the boss of all those people. Yeah, Sometimes but, does that make you go, mm. <laughs> well, you know, I have so many great people that are hired at Dixie state and, and they really, they do the heavy lifting. So I get to have the fun. That's true. That's true. And, and, and any good manager will tell you, I, I hire people to be bosses of those people and then I'll just be their boss and let them do their thing. Absolutely. That's and, what and happens everything. there. So I had an opportunity to go uh, last Wednesday to the state of the university address that, 
that uh, you spent, uh, man, you were up there for about an hour, I guess, talking, weren't you? I was. It's a little longer than normal because we were uh, celebrating a plan and then introducing a plan. Usually it'll be 30 to 40 minutes, but mm-hmm. we had a lot of people to recognize, too. Yeah, and, and it was, it was uh, most of it was pretty good. And a lot of the going up and handing out awards and stuff after a while, I was like, come on, let's, let's, get, let's get to the meat here. Yeah. But, but, uh, but I understand, you know, what, what you were trying to accomplish there. Uh, let's talk about Dixie State and, and where it was and where it is and then where it's going, uh, if, if you want to. First of all, uh, I first moved to town in 1994. Okay. Uh, Dixie State was a junior college. It wasn't Dixie State. It was just Dixie College back uh-huh. then. Uh, and it was, it, it served a pretty good purpose, I think, and that you had the bigger schools throughout the state and, and there was, there needed to be somewhere, a kind of a middle ground for, for young people to go to start working on their college career. Some of them were maybe not great students. They learned how to study and learn how to become a student and it seemed to fit a niche, but, uh, I guess at a certain point, maybe it outgrew that, right? Yes, it, it did. And, and if you look at the state of Utah, uh, most of the, the university started as a junior college and then they developed into a, a four-year institution. And with the tremendous growth in southern Utah, uh, Southern Utah University went from a junior college to a university mm-hmm. uh, way before us. But uh, that's just been the natural trend. And I think we're going to see tremendous growth in sen- uh, southern Utah. And that's why Dixie State really needed to become a university to serve the people here. Started with offering a few degrees, and then, of course, the athletic programs went to Division II, and, and, and so you had the need for four-year students and student-athletes to, to come here. Uh, Division II was an interesting time. There were some struggles with football, uh, at first especially, uh, and, you know, basketball. I, I love John Judkins, by the oh, way. I've known John fantastic. for 20-plus for 20 year, years, and yep. just a great guy. They, they became competitive right away. Some of your other sports were competitive right away. Uh, how would you say the experience as Dixie, as a Division II uh, athletic school and as a growing four-year university, how was, how was that? Was it, was it good for Dixie State? Were there too many tr- problems? How did it go? I think it was great for Dixie State. It was, it was clear that when you make a jump from uh, junior college to Division three or Division two, there's a substantial difference in the need for scholarships and funding and different things. And, and we did well as a Division two school, and we were on the rise, and uh, truth be told, when I first came here, uh, our goal in the first strategic plan was to become the premier uh, Division II athletics program. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we are on the trajectory to do that. If you look at the, our last year in Division II, we were winning quite a bit. And we have some great teams, some great coaches. Our facilities are, are top-notch and getting better every year. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, you know it was a great building block for going to Division One. I. I think we learned a lot, and I think that... Uh, now we see where we want to be and where we want to go with athletics. And uh, without those Division Two years, I don't think we could have discovered that. Did Did Dixie State stay Division Two long enough? It seemed like it was a pretty short stay. Uh, I think so. I, I, you have to seize every opportunity that you get. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at our university, we're really growing in stature. If you're looking at the last five years, we've gone from 85 students to over 12,000 students going from you know, just a few academic programs to over 200 academic programs. Wow. And the same thing was happening with intercollegiate athletics is that uh, it's just a university that's located in a community in a part of southern Utah that's just going to be growing and vibrant. And uh, our growth is characteristic to the growth of our community. And so being Division Two, for some people, it just didn't fit because um, 
Southern Utahns, they are uh, wonderful people and they strive to be the best. And yeah. Division One is the best. And I think that's where it just felt natural when we had the opportunity to join the Western Athletic Conference that this is the next step for us in our athletic journey at Dixie State. Let's, let's stay on athletics for just a second. The dream is, I think, for people in St. George that someday Dixie State or, or whatever it ends up being called in the long run uh, is competitive with, uh, you know, a Weber State, a Utah State, maybe even someday BYU and Utah. Is that unrealistic to dream that, to think that? Not at all. I think if you look at our teams now, they're competing now, and uh, they'll compete Every year as we build out our programs and we get the resources that we need and we perfect our facilities, um, if you look at our coaching staff right now, they're just top-notch. And so I don't think it's unrealistic at all. We have the expectation that we're going to be competitive both uh, on the field and then in the classroom. And our students have already proven themselves in the classroom. Every year they get better in their academics. Uh, They come, they stay, they persist, they graduate, and then they contribute as an alum. And that's what's exciting is uh, seeing where we have come from junior college. It wasn't that long ago. And then looking at the trajectory now, I I think we'll be very competitive. That's our goal is to be competitive. And uh, the rivals, what's exciting is, you know, there's always been a rival with uh, Southern Utah, Mm -hmm. but there'll be rivals with UVU and there'll be rivals with Weber State. And then they'll, they'll start to have the rivals with BYU and Utah State and Utah as they play us. Uh, I think we'll, we will compete for sure. I, I, a few years ago, uh, I went down and broadcast a game. Uh, Dixie was playing UNLV. It was uh-huh. it was officially an exhibition game, so it didn't count on either right. team's record. But Dixie State came this close to beating the Runner Rebels. Down I there. heard about and, that yeah, game. Was, <laughs> I would have loved to be there. <laughs> and, and you know, unfortunately, they didn't pull it out in the end. But man, it was that would have been one of those like, okay, here we go. All right, right. now we're talking. <laughs> so I think uh, you'll see more of that. I think it's going to be exciting. I think we'll start packing the stadium and. We love Division Two, but some some of our community members didn't know who we were playing. And I think now with Division One and bringing Weber and SUU and teams that we recognize and the old West Western Athletic Conference, as you know, mm-hmm. is is known in Utah. And so it's 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 exciting to be able to bring those types of teams to Dixie State. Stay on athletics a little bit longer. Uh, and I have a friend who started a business in April of this year. Now, as you know, this has been a bizarre year with COVID-19 and everything. Yeah. He started a business in April. Actually, he's actually doing okay. But uh, you guys go Division One uh, in, in a year when it's just it's crazy. I mean, this 2020 has been the most bizarre year in, in the history of the United States. Right. Uh, you guys are trying to transition to D- division one and Oh, by the way, you can't play football this year, or at least not right away. Not, not right away. Uh, I mean, how, how does, how do you guys rebound from that when you had so much writing on this, this new season, this new experience and this new division one thing, and then just have it taken away? Well, you know, I, I feel for our kids. I mean, they've worked sure. really hard, and they uh, they were ready to go, and they wanted to play, and they still want to play. We're hopeful that we'll have our seasons in the spring. It's going to be a very busy spring when we have all the yeah. fall sports and spring sports, but it'll be an exciting time. And the student athletes and our coaches and athletic director and, and the community at large, we're just not going to let the momentum die. Uh, we know it's a pause. We know we need to pause because of COVID. We want to be you know, make sure our kids are safe. That's what's first and foremost in our minds is how do we keep these student athletes healthy? And they, they understand that and they realize that. And it is a pause, but uh, they're gearing up for spring. I think you're going to see some exciting things happen in the spring. 
All right. Uh, so we're going to get to some questions after our weather break here in about five minutes. Uh, you know, lots to talk about with the future. Uh, the word polytechnic is, comes into place, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But if you want to talk for just a couple of minutes, uh, President, we're talking with Biff, uh, President Richard Biff Williams from Dixie State University. Uh, just uh, kind of talk a little bit about what the last five years were about at Dixie State and what you accomplished. Uh, obviously, we don't have time for your big uh, film right. presentation, but maybe just talk about some of the highlights. Well, the last five years has really been about building our status of a university to a stature of university. We realized that we had become a university, and there were many university-like things that we didn't have on our campus. And so this last strategic plan was based on really building the infrastructure. And so we built over 111 academic programs in five years. That is just unheard of. Mm -hmm. And our faculty and our staff, our deans, our academic administration just really knocked it out of the park. We added really significant programs in each and every one of the college. A lot of you have noticed the ones with the new human performance center that sure. Uh, I heard there's pickleball courts on the roof. I haven't been there yet. Oh, I've got to show you. They're fantastic. <laughs> Two basketball courts, four pickleball courts. But wow. it's, it's not only just a recreation building, but it's also a health science building there. We have our master's athletic training program. We'll have the U of U physical therapy program there, our occupational therapy program. You got population health, exercise science, those programs are key. You see the, the new building that we're building with science engineering technology supporting four engineering programs. We've done uh, a number of things with our other academic colleges, our master's of accounting program in the College of Business. That was our first master's. That was exciting for us. Uh, we even had a commemorative coin made after it. But our students, they score um, higher on the CPA exam than any other university in the state. Wow. And so we've really built our academic programs. That has been a highlight. The buildings from the human performance to the science engineering tech, building the first housing in 50 years. Uh, we built Campus View Suites 1, which is 352 beds. We're building Campus View Suites 2, which is 534 beds right now. The stadium project that's about to start has been uh, instrumental. And then all the the feeder program, all the programs that are supporting students from our Trailblazer Connection class to our student success programs to peer mentoring programs to what we do in admissions and how do we do it and recruit the students. I mean, to get to 12,000 students in just a five-year period of time is just absolutely remarkable. And you said something that piqued my interest. I, I uh, along with Mike McGarry, we were the voice of the Rebels and then the Red Storm uh-huh. uh, and um, – what, 17 years, I think. We did something in the neighborhood of a 2,000 game, Dixie State games together. Uh, a lot of those in the old Hanson Stadium in the old press box there. Right. At, at, at what is now uh, Trailblazer Stadium, the soon to become... Greater Zion. It's Greater Zion now. It is now. Okay, yep. it's official. Greater okay, it's Greater, official. Greater Zion Stadium. I heard uh, that there is some going to be some remodeling done with the press box and things like that. Yeah, starting November. We are going out to bid here just shortly, and you'll see that press box come down, and then we'll go up a couple of stories above the stadium, and in the back you'll see... Uh, the fourth and fifth story will be um, club and lounge and and um, low seating for the fans, and then there'll also be a nice club back there for half times and entertainment. Hmm. And then the press, the the what you'll like is there'll yeah. be uh, suites up there for the visiting team and also for all the press and the media. Uh, we will also do the ground floor, which the ground floor is. Uh, uh, new locker rooms, new athletic training facility, and restrooms. I know the women will be excited to hear that we're adding about eight, uh, 80 <laughs> different bathrooms. So no more lines. So that's that seems to be what's resonating with most. And then 
Uh, floor two and three will be athletic offices, and uh, floor two will be primarily for football, and they'll have the team rooms and characteristic of a Division One program. So, Similar, if uh, if you can envision it, folks, the Rice Eccles Stadium. They have the big tower on right. the one side with with uh, I don't know. I think it's six or seven floors there with suites and press area and things like that. So. Right, and we'll have five. So it's it's not going to be as grand as uh, Rice Eccles, but for our university, it's going to be fantastic. Sounds pretty grand to me. It's going to be pretty yeah. grand. Yeah. Sounds, sounds really cool. Uh, all right, so we're talking with Dr. Richard B. Williams. We, we, we're we going to call him Biff because I, I like it. Uh, now, being Andy Griffin, uh-huh. I've been teased my whole life about my name. When I was young, I actually hated Andy Griffith because my name was so close and everybody teased me all the time. As I got older, I realized, well, you know what, he's actually a pretty good guy. Uh, so... If I have to be, you know, teased about something, Andy Griffith is actually a pretty good one to be teased about. You go by Biff. Now, Biff is a, a famous character from Back to the Future. Yep. Uh, he wasn't necessarily a good guy in that movie. That's right. But, you know, nobody's really put that together, right? <laughs> oh, it's to me, right? They, they all say Back to the Future, but they never tease me about being a bad guy or this or that. But, uh the real trauma growing up is when they had those where's the beef commercials. Oh, where's the beef? From fifth grade, uh, you know, to <laughs> ninth grade, I was called beef and not biff. And, uh, uh, you know, being an athlete, I didn't really mind it. I was so. going to say, you're, you're not super big, though. I, I was, You know, if you were like 6'3 and 260, yeah. I could see you being beef. But, yeah, <laughs> you're not a super big guy. You know how friends are. So yes, I do. <laughs> All right, we're talking with uh, Richard uh, Williams, who's the president of Dixie State University. Now, listen, we're not taking phone calls today, but if you want to ask a question to dr williams uh email me a griffin g-r-i-f-f-i-n at cherrycreekmedia.com we'll get to those questions and more we'll talk about the future and again that word polytechnic when we come back with dr williams hanging there doc uh president biff whatever we're gonna call you Welcome back to the program. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 949 890 KDXU. I'm honored to have you in as a guest today, Dr. Richard B. Williams. Biff, we're going to call him. Biff, you doing all right, man? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. I've actually been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, but uh, we never quite, I, your people and my people never, by, by, by my people, I mean me, never, <laughs> never quite hooked up, but uh, it's so good to have you here. I've had Dr. Booth on uh, uh, several times. Uh, he always does a fantastic job. In fact, I had Dr. Booth on, this This was like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. I used to do a show, a morning show on the sports station, and he had just been, just gotten the job, and I think it was like his second day here, and I had him on, and I asked him a bunch of tough questions, and right after he got off the air, Jeff Clough called, who was the sports information director and, and media guy at the, at, at the time, and he yelled at me, he said, why are you asking him all these hard questions on his first day here? <laughs> It was, it was kind of funny. I hope Jason has forgiven me uh, since oh, then. <laughs> I actually had him on again uh, a month or two later, and he had better answers for those hard questions. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, Dr. Dr. Booth's a, a good guy, classy guy. I love having him on the air. I like having you on the air as well. Uh, let's start. Uh, let's do – I don't want to I, – I, I have a few questions, but they're not hard questions, so I, I'll let you address them. First of all, uh, talk about your new mission statement. You, you had the last five years recap, and then the next five years, uh, kind of looking ahead. What are some of the things uh, that you're looking forward to in the next five years at Dixie? Well, our new plan is called Trailblazing Distinction. And so uh, unlike the last plan, we were really building the infrastructure of the university. Now we're creating our niche as a distinctive university. Okay. There's over 4,700 universities in in the United States. And so really carving out a niche of what is best for Dixie State and what's best for our community. 
this really started five years ago when we were looking at what academic programs we wanted to add. And we hired uh, Dr. Michael, of course, he's the vice president for academic affairs. Mm-hmm. And his charge was really to look at, you know, what are the programs that are going to be of need here in this community? And as you know, we have just a, a wonderful community that uh, is collaborative and transparent. We work well together. And so we identified the number of programs from Tech Ridge, what they want to do there, out to the um, uh, innovation parks in different places. And we started looking at the types of programs that we needed to add. And so we kind of looked at what those types of programs are. And what we discovered is that uh, we really were fitting the future of what's called the polytechnic model. And those uh-huh. are, there's that word. There's that word. And so <laughs> we've been building the polytechnic academic model for the past five years. Those 111 programs that we added were really focused on there. We are a comprehensive university, which means you know, you can have anywhere from a uh, certificate program all the way up to a master's degree program. And we'll even have clinical doctors once the, the occupational therapy gets going. And you look at the polytechnic, and we, we knew that we wanted to be uh, not a mile wide and inch deep. We want to be more like a half a mile wide, a comprehensive university, but three miles deep in uh, the STEM areas, in business, in healthcare, which really resonates well with our university. And so, what we're really excited about this new strategic plan is we've already started the polytechnic model. We think that um, it will make us distinctive because there's only really 32 distinctive polytechnic or institutes of technology in the United States. If you look at that map that I showed during my state of the university, there's a huge hole and we're smack right, dab, in, the right in the middle of that. And so this, the distinctiveness of this is just incredible. And then looking at what's happening up north with Silicon Slopes, they're really migrating here. Uh, St. George is going to be a great tech area, and so we're, we're focusing on that. But we also have the mantra, and always have at Dixie State, that we really do applied learning. We look at focused learning. We have this mantra for the last five years, active learning, active life. And uh, we're building on that. And our programs that we've built, a polytechnic is really career-focused. And so... The, the, the degree programs that we've built really leads to a career. It leads to a job, and that's what polytechnics do best. And it's really focusing on that general education. A lot of people say, oh, the general education. We, well, our general education really focuses on building on those STEM areas, the healthcare areas and the comprehensive areas. So we're really excited about that. We're excited about adding new programs. We're excited mm-hmm. about building this you know, national, international model. I, I can't stress that enough. This is going to be something that brings us uh, attention from not only here in the United States, but all over the world. So polytechnic, I, I had someone actually ask me, okay, so Dixie's going to be a polytechnic. What does that mean exactly? And I said, well, they focus on, you know, careers and, and, and how to move into the workforce. And then I'm like, as I got partway into my explanation, I'm like, well, don't most universities do that? How is this different, Biff? So this is really, when you look at the focus of the academic model, so when we're a comprehensive university, most people will have all across the spectrum from, you know, dance, uh, all the way up to philosophy yeah. and different things like that. We have really phone, uh, honed in on the STEM area and the business with the innovation. And tell me again what STEM is, science, technology, engineering, engineering and math. Math, yeah. okay. And some will say, you know, the arts, you put STEAM in there, and, and, and arts is important for us. And so if you look at the degree programs that we added, you know, the four engineering programs, the healthcare programs, the science programs, we're really focusing on that and that applied learning. And industry partnerships is a huge part of Polytechnic where they have a lot of hands-on learning. So the students that come to Dixie State, 
they'll have hands-on learning. For example, our digital film. You've seen all those great videos oh, that yeah. we showed. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's different about Dixie State is our students come in and they have applied learning. You're a freshman. You're behind the camera. And you're making these videos, and you understand it, and you understand the field, and you're and you're really getting your 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 hands dirty. And your Doc Utah program as well. Oh, and Amazing. the Doc Utah, yeah. Utah program is just uh, exciting, and and it goes to every program. That that model is within mm. every program that you really have the hands-on, the kinesthetic learning, and then looking at what's happening in Atwood Innovation Plaza. You can come with an idea. You can sit down with Dr. Wayne Provost. You can, he he can help you create a patent. And then you move it through the spectrum of then you have mentors to help you with the business model. Then you can fabricate if you need to fabricate. We got the wood shop there. You got 3D printers. You got the metals. You can create your product and then you can build a business all the way through. Few universities will allow you to do that. And that's kind of the model that we're building our entire university. We'll be extremely distinctive in that area. Very cool. Now, uh, Tell me the relationship between, we talked about Tech Ridge and Dixie Tech, uh-huh. the relationship of, of that with Dixie State University. What, how, how, I mean, is that a subsidiary of the college, or how does that work? No, that, so it's, it's just a partnership within our community. Partnership, and So okay. uh, Dixie Tech, they, they're just a tremendous college, and, and we have many partnerships where, you know, there are certificate programs there. Uh, what they can do is they can take um, 900 contact hours, and they can get credit hours through us. And so there's some students that are just not ready for the university, and we tell them, you need to go up to Dixie Tech, and you really need to start there, and, and vice versa. And we have okay. just a tremendous partnership up there. What's going to happen with Tech Ridge? It's just tremendous to see all the tech companies that are coming to that. And those tech companies that are coming to Washington County, the first question they're going to ask is workforce. Where do we get the workers? And they can go to Dixie Tech and Technical College and Dixie State University, and they know that they can have uh, the employees there, and they won't have to go all over the place to find them. Very cool. All right. So every polytechnic that I can think of has polytechnic in the name Cal Poly, for, for example. Is polytechnic going to be worked into the, the name of the university? Well, you know, that's just a, a huge debate right now yeah. with, the, you know, with the current climate that we're in. Um, we are, are call, uh, currently on the tagline, we're the polytechnic, but it just depends. It's, you know, there's some universities like Texas Tech University, and if you look at Virginia Tech, I think it's the Virginia Institute of Polytechnic State University or something really? like that. Wow. I mean, there's these long names. Yeah. And so our, our goal has been just to really build the polytechnic model. We've done that for the past five years now. It's to really make it distinctive. So, But we're definitely are going to be known as Utah's Polytechnic uh, from our mission and what we're focusing on right now. That's, that's what makes us distinctive. A lot of people are emotional about about the name Dixie, and and you know I I, I wouldn't be a good radio host if I at least didn't ask you. You should. <laughs> the, the, the name Dixie is so dear, near and dear to people that that live here. I've been here twenty six years. I know what the spirit of Dixie is. I mean, you've been here only six or seven, but you know what the spirit of Dixie is. How is that going to fit into the future? Well, you know, the world changed this summer, and so as you know, if you've seen the university evolve the last five years, at least the last six years that I've been here. Uh, we have really embraced the Dixie name. It's been a, a wonderful name for our, our region. Um, it's a definition that we understand and that we love. If you see what the university has done, Dixie's everywhere. We got the D on the hill, but we also have branded the city. We wanted to make sure that anybody that came from another university in our town was embarrassed to have a sticker from another university. <laughs> this is Dixie State University's right. town. Um, but things change this summer, and as you know, and uh, we have to have the conversations of what those things mean. It's been an ongoing conversation at Dixie State for 40 years, yeah. ever since we adopted um, 
the Revel and the Confederate identity and to our athletic mascots in, in the in the 60s, it has been an ongoing conversation. And so this summer, you know, as things escalated, that's something that we as a university have to listen to. And so we are listening, and we have to see what the impact of the future uh, will be with the, with the word Dixie. So right now we're conducting an impact study. I mean, there's many emotional people that are saying you're, you're changing your name, and they're saying all sorts of things that simply aren't true. We're just nothing's, listening. Nothing's happened yet. No, nothing's yeah. happening yet, okay. but we have to study this out. And, and what's difficult is that most people will say, well, look what you have accomplished as Dixie State University, and it's true. And um, what's what's interesting is you're only so good as the last three years. So everything that I reported on has happened in the last five years. And what we do today is what we'll report on here in the next two to three years. And so anytime we have a student issue or something that comes to our attention as a university, we immediately have to respond and look at it to see what the impact of the future will be. And uh, our focus is how do we provide the best education for our students and how do we provide them an opportunity? We don't know if Dixie has a negative impact on the future in there, but that's what we're studying out and we're trying to see. We do know that these, um, you know, the students that uh, we have now are going all over the United States and all over the world. They're not just staying in the region. And so we all know the regional meaning of Dixie. We all love it. We have all embraced it. We all appreciate the Dixie spirit and what it brings to us. But as a university, we have to take care of the well-being of the students and what the future will look like for them with a word that's perceived a little differently outside this area. And that's something that uh, we're measuring with this impact study is, do we need to be concerned about it? And if so, you know, what actions do we need to take? It's kind of funny with, with every kind of issue like this, uh, you have uh, differing opinions. And I actually had uh, one person on one side who, who wanted to change the name from Dixie, say, well, I'm tired of having to explain why, you know, that we're in Utah and things like that. And then I had someone who was pro-keeping the name say the exact same thing, only in a different way. He said, no, I'm happy that I have to explain what Dixie means to us. And so, uh, yeah, with every issue like that, you, you got both sides and you, and you weigh them out and everything. Um, one person emailed and wanted to know, uh, this impact study costing a lot of money and, and they wanted to know about that, where the money's coming from, et cetera. I, I don't know anything about that email, so yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, of course, anytime you do a study, it costs money and you have mm-hmm. to pay a consultant. And, you know, we, we, as a university, we don't want to have a knee jerk reaction. We want to sure. study out exactly what's best for our institution. We know that our community is important to us. And we know that there's a lot of emotion on both sides. Um, Many people have contacted me and said, well, there was a study in 2013. Why don't you just use that? And I looked Mm. at the study and I studied the study. And unfortunately, the study says two things. One, it had the survey that everybody wanted to keep the name Dixie. And and that was great. And we did that. and, And but then there's another part of the study that also says that if you decide to go national and outside this region, you need to consider your name because of what the word Dixie is conceived. You need to probably, and they recommended St. George University, which there's already a St. George University. I'm sure they would not be happy with us. Can't use Georgetown either. Yeah. So (laughs) if we went back to that study, um, both sides would cry foul. And so we, as an institution, we want to be fair. We want to be thoughtful. And so an impact study and, and things have changed and the future is going to be different. And so we want to make sure that, um, our students have the best opportunity to thrive after they leave Dixie State University. So it, it, 
the money doesn't matter when you're thinking of these students in the future. You want to make sure that we're meeting the mission and vision of the university, and uh, we want to make sure we're also being true to our community by not having a knee-jerk reaction, by making sure that we're studying out. We don't know if uh, the Dixie name is going to have a negative impact, but we're sure going to study and find out if it does. And that's what St. Georgians all have done. We always kind of look out after each other. We have civil discourse. We, mm-hmm. we sit down and we talk and we discover what's best for the future. I like that civil discourse, especially after the debate last night when there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. Oh, (laughs) mercy. That was brutal. It was brutal. (laughs) All right. We're talking with Dr. Richard Williams, the president of Dixie State University. Got to get one more little commercial break in here, uh, President, and then uh, we'll come back and finish. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, racial tension and, and, you know, BLM and things like that and how that affects Dixie State uh, and uh, and other. We won't. We won't do anything too hard, though, and you're so good at answering these questions. It's all right. So uh, real quick, uh, thank you to Joe Shoney. He's a local loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. Been around Southern Utah for two and a half decades doing his thing, and his thing is really taking care of the people trying to get the loan. He does a good job of keeping you updated on the day-to-day of uh, every single loan. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, they answer their phone instead of, you know, leave a message and they call you three days later. That's not how Joe Shoney works. In fact, if you go online to his online reviews at socialsurvey.me uh, incredible 442 reviews with an average of 4.91 out of five stars i know if if he could if he could have a grade point average that good we'd, we'd all be uh, doing a lot better off but anyway uh, thanks to uh, joe shoney one of the reviews this is the latest one it says uh, this is from christine said always helpful and informative if i had a question someone was always available to answer and explain everything went accordingly uh, accordingly and everyone was patient and kind great work thank you all five stars they're all like that it's incredible joe shoney his phone number is four three five six five nine zero sixty three hundred four three five five nine zero sixty three hundred or you can email joe joe.shoney at nafinc.com welcome back to the program it's the andy griffin show i have uh, biff williams dr president richard williams <laughs> you got a lot of titles there biff thank you <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate you coming in today and spending a little bit of time with us uh, let's see, where was I going to go? Uh, well, one, one, uh, uh, person writes, and by the way, if you want to email, we're not doing calls today, but if you want to email us and ask a question, it's a Griffin, G R I F F I N at cherry Creek media.com. Yeah, I know that's a really long email address. I apologize for that. Uh, but, uh, one, uh, one person says, uh, does DSU or, w- <clears throat> excuse me, or will DSU offer a class that educates students on the importance and history of the Dixie area? Mm, good question. You know, that's, that's, uh, if you look at our university with a lot of our programs with uh, Dixie State University um, Student Association, these kids know the songs, they know the history, they know the uh, – but I'm not sure. We'll have to look into that class. I'm sure that there's some that touch on that, but I, I, I don't know the answer to that. But that's something I can look into. Very good. All right. Uh, obviously, these are, these are uh, interesting times we're in with COVID-19, with these weird, bizarre debate things that happen. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the BLM uh, and some racial tensions. Uh, I think maybe without Dixie State, there probably wouldn't be a lot of uh, African Americans uh, uh, or people of color in St. George, Utah. But the university over the years has brought many minorities into town. Has there been a feeling uh, at, on campus uh, of any kind of tension, uh, you know, uh, any kind of racial bias in your mind? Well, you know, it's it's that's a hard question to answer because, sure. you know, with any community, there's always uh, some racism. Um, 
And, and same with the university at times, there's things that we need to address. And we focused a lot that when I first got here, um, our uh, African-American community came to me and, and wanted a few things to change here and there to have uh, resources to be able to, you know, to thrive and strive. And, and um, you know, they're just a wonderful community. We have 23% of our student body are, are minorities. And so over the years, we have made sure we have uh, multicultural opportunities on our campus. That was part of our last strategic plan where we wanted to have 16 per year. And at times with every university, there's a little bit of tension here and there. There's things that happen that we have to address and we have to make sure that they feel comfortable. And uh, it is important to a university community to have diversity on your campus. Um, uh, naturally, with Utahns, with the, the, the predominant religion that's here, a lot of these kids go out into the world and they see all different types of culture. Right, right. And they love that and they thrive in that environment. And so for us to be able to provide that environment so people feel comfortable, it helps all our students be better prepared for the workforce and to go out into the world and work when they you know, that when they're in class with individuals that uh, some of them don't look like them or have backgrounds like them. And that's not just only with race. It's uh, those students that, you know, were 50 years old and come back. And uh, those that, you know, have different backgrounds. It's, it's important to have the diversity there. But it's important for us, for all our students to feel comfortable and, and to feel included because, inclusion really uh, leads to success. And if we have a freshman student that comes to campus and they feel included in, in some form or fashion, this is all our students, that they're more likely to succeed and get a degree than any other. So inclusion's not just about race. It's about all our students and how do we make an inclusive environment for yeah. everyone. And they're more likely to tell their friends, hey, I, I'm at Dixie State and I love it here. Right. You know, and, that's, and believe it or not, that's a big factor when it comes to, to college students. Yeah. You know, if, if they've got a buddy who was at maybe a junior the year, the year before when you were a senior or, or a, a, a sibling or, or someone like that, and, and they have a good experience where they're at, they're going to talk about it. Right. They're going to talk to everyone about it. Right. Because they love it. So, awesome. Uh, what did you say you went on your mission? You went on a mission, right? Brazil. Yeah. Brazil. Uh-huh. Okay. How's your Portuguese? Ah, uh, it's there, but it's about thirty years old. <laughs> it's all old. <laughs> you were you were talking a little bit about uh, you know kind of going out into the world and, and getting your eyes open, so to speak. I went from the MTC right to West Philadelphia, which is thirty uh, sixth and Ludlow is about as black a ghetto as there is in this in this country. Uh-huh. Uh, we went during on Sunday in, in Metro Ward. We saw a few white people, but during the week my companion and I were the only white people we saw all week long. Uh-huh. And, and so, uh, the education was fast and furious uh-huh. then, you know, and, and uh, we got called all kinds of things and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, but, uh, uh, one, one of the things they called us was the Jesus brothers, which we liked that one. <laughs> That's a pretty good, pretty good nickname to have. Uh, all right. Well, you know, we were, we were talking a little bit about the future of Dixie state. And I mean, unfortunately we're down about four minutes left, but, uh, we talk about polytechnic. Uh, you talk about, uh, what that means as far as these different career tracks that, that, that we're working on, will that be enough to get us, uh, you know, competitive? Say I'm, I'm going to Fremont High School in Ogden, and I'm trying to decide which university I want to go to. Uh, if, I, if I say, okay, Dixie Polytechnic or whatever the name is, is that going to be enough to excite me and say, maybe that's the place for me? 
I think it will. I think that the students, we already saw that. Uh, we're at 8% growth this this year, mm-hmm. which during COVID, we know we lost a couple hundred students because some, you know, for safety reasons, sure. just, you know, uncertainty of what's going to happen or finances with their family. Uh, we lost a couple hundred students. Uh, last fall, we were at 12.5%, spring to spring, 19%. And so the students have discovered this active learning, active life environment. They've discovered that these uh, degree programs that they come here, that there's applied learning, there's hands-on learning, that they're prepared for the workforce and that they're excited about that. And also don't forget the, the, the culture of Dixie State that's always been there is the one-on-one attention that they get from their professors. What's unique about Dixie State is you'll come, you'll meet your professor, and you'll have a lifelong mentor. A lot of times you go to a bigger university, you have a teacher's aide, you never get to know the professor, you don't, right. you don't get to do research well, with if them. Well, if there's 600 students in the class, you're not going to talk to that professor. You're not going to talk to that yeah. professor, and they're never going to know your name. And so uh, the students are recognizing that. And uh, I think, you know, the 16,000 students in the next five years, I think will we'll we'll far surpass that because they're seeing the excitement that's happening here. Now, I went to BYU for a time and then ended up getting my degree from Utah State University. Uh, uniqueness about USU was that without USU, Logan would, is a ghost town. I mean, it seemed like everyone there either worked for the university or their spouse did or they serviced the university. Or, uh, you know, is, is the relationship between Dixie State and St. George, Utah, is it that kind of a relationship that – that it's, it's extremely important to the community and, and the people at the university feel part of the community as well? Well, as I spoke with, the, you know, the leaders within, you know, the surrounding area, yes, the university is very much a part of this community, and the community is very much part of the university. Uh, our last strategic plan, this strategic plan, there's one goal specific on embracing our community and hmm. really focusing on that. And uh, we'll continue to grow. Um, Right now, we're not the largest employer, but I think in the near future, we're going to probably be the largest employer. But um, our goal is to build a robust university so that other entities will come in, other businesses, tech programs, tech industry comes in, where we're not the, 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 the biggest, but we're responsible for bringing these people in. One thing that I've heard uh, the six years I've been here is, you know, we educate our students and they have to leave because there's no jobs. It's true. Our goal yeah. at Dixie State University is to be able to have the workforce here that will attract companies to come here so that my children and your children and other children can stay here and work because, you know, family's important to Utahns and it's important for us to have them close by. And so this is exciting for us. He is Richard B. Williams, Biff, Dr. Williams, the president of Dixie State University. We've used up our time. It goes so fast. It does go fast. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. You answered the hard questions, uh, really did a great job, and it uh, it was good to see you again. Good to see you. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Mayor Thursday tomorrow, Mayor John Pike will be on the program. Join me then.